0: Government coins, let's break it down so you understand Kia Hamza, and Lee can help you with a proper plan While walking through strategies in this valley of wealth Take notes, sit back, and invest in yourself Cause information that you're missing, it could cost We'll be adding up, let them walk you through it It's about time you start catching up Learn to understand, then apply, let's get it going Thanks for tuning in to the government coins It's time to learn, y'all
1: everyone. Welcome to episode, this is three, episode two yep. or three, three of and Government Coins Podcast, y'all. This is so exciting. Last week, we had somebody on to talk about SBIR program and just all around innovation and in government contracting. So this week, we're going to have our guests come on and talk a little bit more about some innovative technologies and then also just developing Autonomous systems and government, like working with the DOD to develop autonomous systems. But in the meantime, my name is Shakia Kegler. I am one of the hosts of Government Coins. I'm also the founder and CEO of Govlier. Hamza, you are on mute. <laughs> my
2: name is Hamza Sabri. I'm CEO and founder of Global Connects, and I'm one of the great co-hosts of Government Coins.
3: And hey, everyone. My name is Chrisley Ganthier. I am the founder of The Black Bunker and the CEO of Chrisley G Consulting, a human capital firm. And I'm one of the co-hosts of Government Coins. Yes.
1: Yeah, so this year, y'all, we, we decided to take it, a, like, take a, sma- a slightly different approach. And we want to have both business owners and government agencies on board because, again, we're bringing the know, agencies to you. So what we're going to do is introduce our guest. Our guest today, his name is David Beck. David, can you hear me? Oh, okay. Uh, But David is the founder of of Hub Venture uh, Partners, and he also works with the DOD. He's a contractor with the DOD, uh, with his company Autonomous Directives Ventures, and they create autonomous unmanned systems for government agencies. Now, again, last week we talked about innovation And this was an important conversation for us to have and to get someone on to discuss, because again, we always want to bring you information about things that we didn't, that we don't realize that government agencies are purchasing or utilizing, right? Um, Because I'll be honest, I knew government agencies use drones because of my time in the military. What about you, Hamza and
2: Yeah, most definitely.
3: Yeah, I think the whole point of using autonomous systems is to essentially make it the agency more efficient but i think i've never seen people that look like us be awarded the opportunities to create software or systems especially based on like security clearance and cybersecurity protection so i think that's why it's so important to have david on to really talk about like his experience with working with the government
0: well, uh, can you guys hear me? Can you see me?
1: We can hear we you. Can. It's a, a, black, a black screen right now, but let's let's get let's get it going.
0: Yeah. I don't know why it's this camera. Tell you. It's, it's anyway, uh, sorry about the mishaps with communication. Uh, I take full responsibility for it. But uh, uh, so as I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you and uh, Shakia Christie, and has just made a comment about what I do. So I, I'm a program manager. I work in the government space for the Department of Defense and I work on them in Air, uh, Air and Office Systems. But in that pers- particular space, we deal with, uh, can't say much because it's classified, but what well, I can say is it, dealing with you know aero technology and, you know, and cybersecurity and things like that. But in my own practice and what I do in my own stuff, I deal a lot more with autonomous uh, space, land, uh, connectivity between humans and using electronics and using technology via your phone or, or your software that you use every day and cross-function over to help people communicate. Um, the most important thing I've found in being in this space is that it's very wide open. There's a lot of companies there right now, from the transportation side. I mean, if you look at every factor of transportation, there are so many companies uh, they are going into the SPACs, which is special, <clears throat> product acquisition corporations to get public. They're getting a lot of funding on the startup side. And they're also engaging a lot of investors and a lot of startup companies. I'll pull in a lot of different variety of people. And what we wanna do is get more black and brown people in those areas to make those decisions.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. So I'm, I'm curious to know how, how did you get your, uh, start your company
0: and how did you get into this, in this industry? So I've been around transportation for about, I would say 27 years, 25 years counting college. I did intern a couple of big uh, companies uh, when I was in college. And what I did is um, I I, I just forged an understanding that I wanna always be about transportation and safety. So in doing so, part of my whole concept was to learn as much as I can about every part of a transportation system. So I started out working in the automotive side and I spent a lot of time doing lighting, exterior components like fabricating the front end, the hood, stuff like that for projects. Uh, as a, automotive companies were our customers, and we were supplying uh, components to them. And then I got into the internal side, like the you know navigation systems, um, the mirror system, which your navigation system in your mirrors or your um, you know your systems that tell you there's an object in your clearance, so that you won't have a crash uh you know careers are important type systems and then i got into the engine system last thing i worked in the industry was i did turbos for cars so every car now has a turbo system in it because most of them have a smaller engine they put a turbo mechanical uh system on there to increase the horsepower but keep the efficiency for gas because of the cafe standards which are uh, standards are through netsa that govern um you know existing companies to try to save environmental issues by reducing fog and, and have cleaner uh, vehicles with cleaner technology uh, introduced with the vehicles.
1: And you said NISTA?
0: NHTSA, National Highway Traffic Safety Administration
1: got it okay okay i'm gonna drop the link in the chat for that because that's definitely something people can look into when we talk about transportation especially being that this is one of the areas that they spend we spend so much money on infrastructure and we just had an infrastructure uh conversation about an infrastructure bill as well so i'm definitely happy you're talking about this but i want oh go ahead
0: No, so can you see me now can you see my picture
1: no, we can't see you. <laughs> no, but what I will also add is that uh, I wanted to ask a question. Could you share a little uh, bit more about the so, autonomous unmanned system? Sorry about
2: that. You. It was just getting spicy. No,
1: right? I'm like,
3: Wait. I know. I was just like, okay, here he is. He's joining. Okay, so I mean, I think it's really interesting to see that someone that looks like us is really in this space. Which we have not seen in a like ever. This is my first time meeting someone um, in that particular sector. So I think it's important. um, I think you left off by saying. We can see me now?
1: Yes. And And we we
0: can can hear hear
3: you.
0: Can you hear me? Good, 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 good. Because I was trying to figure out what's going on. (laughs) Uh, So I have uh, a.
3: But I think, Shakiri, the last question that you asked was. What is an autonomous unmanned system? That is the question that we have for David. So David, if you can hear us, if you can, I just requested for you to unmute yourself. You guys see me now? Oh yes, beautiful. This is here. I see you. This uh, is the shot.
0: My computer ain't working. It's just not, it's not doing the job. So I'm I'm sorry about that, everybody. Please forgive me for this. Uh, That background noise is is a murder. So yeah, I created my company. Um, I have a so I, we didn't talk about my company. So Hub Ventures is a way to get people into tech. I created Hub Ventures to get um, people black and brown into technology, so that they can execute themselves into learning about their dreams and getting them into the tech sector. It doesn't necessarily have to be a person who's mostly that has tech aspirations because they have a tech background. So back to your question about unmanned um, for autonomous systems. So I created Autonomous Directed assist, uh, Ventures as a DBA under my holding company because I actually drove Autonomous Systems. So I'm probably one of the few people you ever talk to that has have over 80 hours of driving for Autonomous Vehicles. Back in 2019, I spent about a month at Argo AI in Pittsburgh. And during that time, I drove their Autonomous Vehicles. It was a driving uh, position And I wanted, and as somebody said, I mean, why do you want to drive cars? You're an engineer, you're, you're a scientist, whatever. You love the area, you do a lot more high-level high working in an area. And the reason I did that was because I wanted to learn how the cars drive. And to drive an autonomous systems is get get a, a, a advice on how, you know, if you're going to buy a Tesla with a full system autonomous adaptation to it, how to engage it, what's the benefits, and what's the safety features, and also what's the scary parts of being autonomous driving right, using the technology. Mm-hmm. So, autonomous, autonomous systems technology uses LiDAR. LiDARs are just little small cameras. You're, if you have an iPhone 13, uh, it has a LiDAR in it. Mm-hmm. And basically what it does is a light emitted dial, actuator type of camera that low light areas, it can detect objects and surfaces. And you put a bunch of these together, and you put the algorithms in the, in, the, in the programming where it can connect them to make a surface feature or a map of a particular uh, uh, area in a very short amount of time. Hmm. And if you drive the car around, it sees the objects, it sees the path to where it's driving. It's using topography to drive. So therefore, I'll use it, it's like sticking on a line until it drives down the line. And then as you see something on the side, it veers away from that or veers toward it, using you know traffic laws and the regular driving techniques that's programmed into the software
3: So so it's like when we are let's say in a tesla and we're saying you know drive tesla it's picking up around the vehicle all the other vehicles and all the bumps and all that good stuff same thing like if you have a regular car that's a little bit more modern that when you put your turn signal if you're about to the approach and the vehicle, it like beep, beep beeps. beeps. Uh, is that the same idea?
0: Yeah, the beep, beep, is basically safety warning. You say, hey, it's coming up, or you're close. You're within one foot or more of the vehicle or the object. Mm-hmm. So some of the some of the problems with the timing is that there's so many companies doing it. They have different LiDAR systems. But the problem with the timing and LiDAR systems is that uh, everybody thinks theirs has the better advantage. But overall, it's kind of hard to to be um to mimic a system a complete system to mimic a human you can really tell mm-hmm. when you're walking down saw you can really feel someone walking behind you can actually feel the energy it's different to have a mechanical device to do that and be a reactive as much as we are because we have a lot of neurons in our bodies much more more in terms of complexity than an Irish uh, autonomous system does this simplified approach they probably have 15 or 20 uh, LIDAR systems on the vehicle, and that might seem a small number or a small or a larger number, it depends on the vehicle and depends on the area and the technology or software used to deter the different objects. But uh, sometimes that can be the problem because, you know, I drove a vehicle and a little child walked out, And you know, some systems don't deter under three feet. They don't look under two feet, it depends if you're driving an SUV or a car, stuff like that. And that, that's, that's some of the complexities and safety issues you might occur with autonomous systems. But when you're using autonomous buses or shuttles, the whole vehicle is covered with those. So it's likelihood of having an incident in a shuttle are less likely than having in a regular car, which goes much faster and are much more deterred on training and changing lanes and and turning left and turning right and going around roundabouts and things of that nature.
3: So how did you marry the knowledge of you know the uh, the autonomous unmanned systems? having all that knowledge, having Hub Ventures, um, having the DBA, how did you secure government contracts
0: um, no, I don't, that really
3: focus on on that?
0: So I don't really do any, just, just be sure, I don't do any government contracts, I still work for the government. What I do is I oh, work yes. in but I do manage contracts mm. in the government. It's totally oh. separate. So um, I met, I've been a core, uh, which is a contract officer representative for many years. I worked at FAA. Uh, and I ran the biggest and the largest autonomous, basically autonomous program for software called ADSB. Um, basically, ADSB is a system you put on a plane, and when a plane's flying, to keep the plane from flying to another plane, this device alerts the plane by using the lidar systems already on the plane. Because planes were the first um, travel vehicles to have lidar systems on it, because they always have to look at the atmosphere pressure, lightning. In a cone of our aircraft, you have everything in there. All kind of electronics in there. A lot of a lot of government electronics in there as well, for for uh, protection of national security.
3: Mm. So,
0: including one in the tail cone. And there's there's a there's an engine and there's a there's some stuff in the tail cone as well. And I worked on that in the previous years in aerospace when I was at uh, aerospace companies. But the reason why is that uh, ADSB was in another company, another system, uh, um, another kind, uh, another program called ACAS was infiltrated by uh, FAA because you needed to find a way to deter uh, the same problems you have on the roads. Cars bumping each other, planes bumping into each other. You never see it on the news, but airplanes have uh, mishaps all over the place for many, many years. So planes do the same thing as cars. They platoon, they get behind each other, they land at the airport, and this software was used for that. So that's in the contract side, I did manage that program. It's pretty much done. It was I think it ran for like 18 years, uh, to, and most of the, uh, every single plane in the United States that has a um, that uses uh, software to fly in the United States, in the mine power plane to a 737 Dreamliner, it has ADSB units on them because they're mandatory by the FAA uh, Air word and Misguidance, so, um, and by the Contract Office. Over at FAA to make sure that people are compliant with the air airworthiness air standards. So that's where I did manage some, some programs in, in that space and doing um, you know and, and and getting involved in that type of stuff. And then I brought that to a private practice as a consultant for ESI when I worked there for about three years. And we did work with a lot, a lot of different companies. I also looked at litigation in airspace in terms of complexities and problems with transportation. And where people are liable for stuff that Tesla's going through now, recalls and things like that. When there's an incident and it's not listed wow. as part of the recall. And then I came to the government space where now I have I'm working in. I work in submarine warfare, but I deal with autonomous because guess what? You have China, you have Russia out there, and they are on the front door. I mean, Biden just sent three thousand troops over to over over to Europe to protect Europe just a couple of days ago. So. That it, there's always a the need to understand how autonomous is very important. I mean, if you put autonomous into a perspective for your home, you can actually buy a drone to guide you to sit around your home and watch people from leaving and coming in your house and protect your home when you're away. There's ways to use it to better protection as well as to guide you down the road or to keep a plane petunia as it lands at the airport so contracts are a very important part of that because contractors do work for contracts and they do work to build these systems up so i got no. my of fair.
1: david just before we pass the uh, i don't want to <coughs> leave the conversation of, of your experience as a contracting officer because i want to talk a little bit about that as well um just briefly but to speak to the 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 component of if these were new systems like were these newer systems or what have these systems been invented be, before or was this a new pro or like was this a new project like was it something that was created by the agency due to this contract in particular or was it was something that was already created
0: so adsB had been around since I think 2007 we were it took a long it, t- it takes a long time to get things done um in terms of planes you know at, at, in the United States has you know hundreds and thousands of planes to get this done so it would take a long time to get this program to complete that's why it was around so long um so you i'm getting back to your question i'm losing my train of thought here i apologize you know i like to talk about stuff like this i love it so um it's the new a new program my some of the stuff i work on now is newer stuff but most stuff i work on now for autonomous is basically Using software or inventions of software in the space to make things more autonomous, where it's fluid, so that you—if you're using devices or technology for logistics or your you're, uh, or robotic uh, in nature—it uh, runs in an autonomous ways, so that you won't have the problems I had with my Zoom today. So, autonomously, my <laughs> Zoom was supposed to connect right on my computer now my computer is acting right and I'm using my phone because my system is not I mean everything and everything has gimmicks in it right I mean you guys are good to go for your stuff apparently here in DC is not not working properly so that's where we got to make a option to get the phone out and start doing the old fashioned way right right so that's important too <laughs> I have to extend
1: those sentiments because if sometimes Zoom acts a little bit crazy, but I think when we think about the aspect of autonomous uh, systems and things like that, I, I just immediately think, like, hands free, I don't have to do a thing, like the little Roomba that sweeps yeah, the floor yeah. in the house, like, that's the type of stuff I think
3: of, uh, the, so the what is it, Jetsons,
1: the cartoon show back uh, in the day, the Jetsons.
0: That is, that is, <laughs> so, so it's a kid, that's, that's where they're going to, but the thing is, level. so there's five levels of autonomy. One is the 1950s, 60 cars, where you have the manual transmission and manual, you just, everything's shipping hard. You got these big muscles because you got to push these gears to work. And then from the eighties to now, level two where you basically have a cruise control. Cruise control is level two. So if you ever use cruise control in your car and you're cruising down the road, that's level two because it's basically keeping the car in a steady path as it goes down the road in a front projective manner. So level three is basically using the sensors on your car. Like, okay, your sensors are BPP, backing up one side, or collision boarding systems. That's level three. So all those three working together would be level four. So your hands would be off the steering wheel. So mm-hmm. the steering is guiding itself. Level five would be complete autonomy, what you're talking about. Just, you know, having a coffee and stuff you see people on YouTube doing, that's not... That is, that is very unsafe now because there's too many software, there's too many uh, glitches in the system that need to be fixed before people can do that. Tesla has four people with this. And you mm-hmm. see, uh, Elon had to bite his words because things are starting to come back on they That road I think it was like 40,000 vehicles, or
1: 20,000 yeah. mm-hmm. they had to take back? Yeah, that was crazy.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah you gotta be careful with that. Um, I try to tell companies when they're engaged in software, to make sure your software is, I I would never myself as an automotive expert say that I fully fledged believe autonomy will solve all our problems for transportation. No, it won't. Because you still gotta look at, there's people behind programming those cars, right? There's people building those cars. There's people on the sidewalk walking by these vehicles. There's too many obstacles to look at things to be perfectly drawn out. You have to look at it in an educated safety way. So if if it was you, you driving autonomous car, you might keep your hands off, but still stay focused on the road and make sure that the vehicle is not malfunctioning because nothing's perfect.
3: So now that like, I think we have a good, like this was well explained because when I read autonomous unmanned system, I had no idea. I thought it was gonna be, I, I just didn't have an idea. But now that we have an understanding of that, I think what's important for our audience to understand is how can they as small business owners, um, in whatever sector that they you know, products or services they, they sell, how can they essentially get into autonomous unmanned systems or into the IT aspect of federal contracting? What is it that the federal government needs from a small business or any business as it pertains to autonomous unmanned systems? Um, what are they looking for? What are they purchasing?
0: Well, I, I would say right now, from my standpoint, uh, we do need innovative companies in the government space. We need people who are, has d- d- done the due diligence to prove their technologies out uh, when they get in the government space. Opportunities for people, black and brown people are very important. I think uh, small business innovation research is a way to get into it or STTR, which are technical research opportunities. Hmm. STRs have been around for about 20, 30, about 20 some years. Um, and they're they're in place to uh, to car, to uh, to get small businesses involved in research activities. DOE has a really good one for energy stuff. If you're looking at battery electrification for contracts and stuff like that, you have the uh, ARPA-E, which is the um, it's basically DARPA, but with ARPA-E is electricity, you know, electronics and energy. Right. They're over at the Department of Energy. They they have you can actually go on their website, arpae.gov, I think, and and fill out a form and submit your idea and if they pick it you can pitch your idea for energy related technologies to them doesn't mm-hmm. matter if you're an individual or company mm-hmm. and i'm or, um, dropping yeah. these
1: in the chat i'm dropping these in the chat
0: as he yeah. says that's a good one yeah and then national i was talking to colleague at national science foundation the other day and they're looking at opportunities to do, like, pitch competitions as well for small businesses and stuff to get people into the to the play into play into the uh, science and technology area. But I'll tell you another thing, too, Air Force Ventures. Air Force has a venture fund where they look at small businesses getting into, you know, working with Space Force and doing stuff that time because everything in space is mostly autonomy, right? right? It's driven you launch it to space and stuff like that. Also, Army Ventures has um, an opportunity they have a, their own venture fund where they're recruiting people to get into uh, and working with the Department of Army and doing small business and stuff like that too. Um, but you know, from industry, the government, what have you, the best opportunity for I tell people is to get out there, and get you, and go to these conferences like SAE Government and Industry. We just had this uh, conference last two weeks ago here in D.C. I'm on a board for SAA D.C., and we had over 400 participating people have showed up. Mm. All them in, them, in, in, of course Tesla was there, you know, all these car companies are there, Zooks, all these car companies are there because they're looking at regulations and how the government perceiving regulations and in form of um, infrastructure bill that I've just announced a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, and what's an ev- what's available for them to do research and activities with universities, high research universities, in collaboration with them. So I tell people all the time, if you're looking to get into the technology space, it's cool to try to go out on a contract. But it's even better to partner with universities and partner with entities who are already in that space to get your foot mm-hmm. in the door and see how it is. Because if you go out to a contract, and you don't get it, it would deter you from not going out again because you're putting all your efforts toward one way to get into the space. Mm. And and right now, from a governmental standpoint, and also from an industry standpoint, first, to me, I will speaking to my nets. cyber is very important. So whatever software, hardware, system that you're designing or that you're looking at designing, that you have, you know, you have aspirations of getting into, that is a way, good way to get into because cyber threat is very important. I mean, you look at it right now. We're on a Zoom call. Zoom can be cyber hacked right now while we're in the call because they have measures in place, but nothing is hack proof so Mm -hmm. there will be ongoing discussions and ongoing it iterations and ongoing opportunities to get into that space create opportunities to make money collaborate with collegiate universities collaborate with other black and brown startup companies or people of color across the board and technology and get your hands into uh, ways to create systems or autonomy technology driven systems national defense type systems or just you know, software, IT, hardware updates. So, how, how would unsolicited proposals play a part with
2: autonomous systems and 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 entering into government agencies to know
0: about uh, the software or solutions that they have? So they there's a, there's a site. Uh, I'm trying to think of it right now. I think it's I gotta think about it, give it to you later. I can't remember, there's they a website.
1: All the sites. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> right? I'm not talking
0: there's, there's, a, there's a website where you go on. I am trying to think of the name of the site right now because you got me on thinking about it. I, I, I got a lot of my mind, so I'm trying to think. But there's a site you can go to. I might give it to you later. You can put it into the on the YouTube channel. But it's a site you go to that has all the government uh, programs that looking at for people to bid on. So it's a it's a website and it's free to public. Anybody can go and look at it. And it tells everything in there so i'm trying to figure out the name it's like what is it called oh you called you stopped the recording okay yeah <laughs> it's not uh, recording
1: I, on my computer but we're still streaming live oh so.
0: okay okay <laughs> so it's that's there's a there's a website i gotta look at and see i'm trying to figure it right now i might type it in here and see but uh um, i'm trying to figure out the name of it uh but there's there's a you can probably google it but there's a, I'm trying, i can't do it one hand but there's a website where it has all the government grants, all the government contracts on it. I'm trying to think. it's like grants.gov. It's maybe another one. Grants.gov maybe be another one too. Uh, but you can go in and look at different opportunities to get into the government space. Like I said, um, as a startup company, it's very important not to put the horse before the buggy gotcha. or vice versa. Be very smart if you're gonna go out the contracts and go after working with anything in the tech space because the tech space is very expensive. It's not necessary you, you want. And the thing I'll tell you about contracts, too, to bring this up, a lot of people approach me about, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, working in the government, whatever, you know, and I want to get in the contract space. I said, give yourself two to three years to get on a board to get a contract, because it takes time to work those um, those areas to negotiate and work with people in those areas. It doesn't it doesn't happen overnight. I mean, unless you have someone who's leading your hand, pulling you through the whole process, that's different and they have guaranteed opportunities for you but it takes time because to prove yourself in that space there's a lot going on a lot of people are doing the same thing so just be careful mm-hmm. and be make sure you have a good strategic plan
1: this will be my last question um well actually if anyone has any questions in the chat make I mean, on the youtube channel make sure you Thank drop you. them in the chat and i can definitely ask david Uh, But this one is in pertaining to Hub Ventures. Can you tell us a little bit more, like elaborate how uh, you're working to help get more black and brown businesses into the space of technology? Well, not businesses, but black and brown people into the space of technology. So let's talk about that a little bit. Let's elaborate on that.
0: So I started Hub Ventures about a year, over a year ago now. I'm very proud of it. I, What I did is I thought there was a need to get into helping black and brown companies and businesses get start up. So I actually reached out to people, and they reached out to me. I used Clubhouse at first, because I was on Clubhouse talking about, you know, opportunities to help people in the rooms and things like that, throwing gyms. It's important. People have dreams and aspirations about starting their own business, but they don't know how to do it. You go to these websites like inkfile.com, and. Whatever's is advertised out there and they, they charge you a lot of money to do it, but you don't get the understanding of how and why the process is this way. So what I try to do is if you're trying to go into business, if you're trying to create an opportunity or create a business, I try to figure out, okay, you need to create an MVP or create a, a business model, but you need to have a strategic plan on how you're going to run your business. So when I fund companies or fund businesses, I look at, okay, it's not just giving you money to make a product and put your name out there and say, I got this money on the website. It's about, okay, is this a viable product? And I ask these tough questions because when you're in business, two or three years of your company in business, well, not you'd be successful and stay in business. So I, I, I encourage people like helping them with the business plan. I help them formulate their company. I help them um, go out and get grassroots support. There's several websites you can go to right now to get funding. And people donate money, just like donate money for national you know for an issue. You see somebody going through a tragic situation, they put money on a GoFundMe. There also ones for business as well, where you can ask for donations for your business or your invention. So I helped them with that process. So right now I'm probably helping about 32 companies. And and the reason I did that because I'm not, I don't have millions of dollars to give or to donate to help companies, but I do have a lot of insight and where I can help businesses and help people of color specifically get into the small business space. So I do it from that side. I help them with the formulation of companies. I also help them with giving them money to approve out their prototypes. Um, A variety of features, not just technology. I've done it for consumer products or uh, companies that do community research and stuff like that too. Not just in the tech side, because I think all the businesses have a way of helping us in terms of black businesses and people of color getting uh, companies started, they all have a purpose and they all can like to help each other. If I'm in technology and I need a company over here that's really good, like Calendry, guess what? A brother down in Atlanta started Calendry. They can help me bring business to my tech company. So everything works together in the same ecosystem, not necessarily the same products, but they eventually will work together if you look at it from that point of view. So that's why I started Hub Ventures. Hub Ventures, I want to have over a thousand startups created by 2020, 2030.
1: It's um, gonna happen.
0: I'm trying my best. It's gonna have, It's gonna take money. It's not gonna take just talk and swag. It's gonna take money. And right now, I'm in. I got a business partner in Florida. We are about to launch a company in May. Uh, I can't say the name of it. Can't say much about it. But it's a unicorn. We have existing, uh, con- we have existing uh, contracts in work with universities, excuse me, and small entities down and small NTCs down in Florida, to help facilitate bringing more people into tech. And what I want to do is take Hub Ventures and stick it under that unicorn, and have it as an option for grant money to give out to small businesses and companies who are encouraged. Show me, pitch me. And asked me to encourage them to get their business funded. Because I think pitching, mm-hmm. pitch decks, and write up your company, uh, strategic plans, just as important as creating a product or service. If you don't have a strategic yeah. plan, you don't have a business plan, your company's not going to be successful. Nobody's going to get money and nobody's going to believe in what your idea is. Mm. Yeah, That's I'm
1: amazing. looking forward to that uh, launch of that new company and getting you and your, your partner back on here to speak about that as well as a, a viable option uh, especially as we continue to talk about you know innovation and we we focus a lot on small businesses but we have to also remember that our biz- our small businesses come in different factors and every single yeah. you know some focus on creating new solutions creating new products some focus on um, solving the problems that we're having today with existing solutions that we're already utilizing so i think it's a matter of seeing them both um as, you know, opportunities to help as opposed to just one over the other. And I think yeah. that's where, you know, I I, I kind of took a shift from focusing on that startup world to like now, you know, I'm really just focused on like my business as a small business and the services that we provide. So it feels like two completely different worlds, but, it's really something that we need to be discussing as uh, one so you know with that that collaboration at unison across the marketplace and you know building you know building out technology and solutions, but also not forgetting that services and people push you know us forward. So I think that was the importance of, you know, having a small, in a, a, a conversation around innovation and things like
0: that, so. Well, I, I'll, tell you something, I'll tell you something else too, Skill I think it's important people look at it. When you build your business, look at your business credit. I mean, there's tier structures now. I, I don't really particularly like the tier structures set up and people say they can give you this and you have to get this type of business credit, but you have to start somewhere. It's like when you start your business. People don't look at business credit. If you can get your business credit and get those tiers and those uh, uh, businesses involved in purchasing and seeing that you are a viable business, you can actually get money against your business and borrow it to actually launch your business. And Mm. not hurt it, but Mm. that's put you in a situation where you're not relying on investors and people to fund your business and try to take percentages of your business. I tell you to look at that way too. Um, I think good business credit is very important with a good business product and a good business strategic plan, so those three gems are very important for every business owner. doesn't Doesn't matter what background you have in tech or non-tech or where you may be in the country right now watching this video. But if you can focus on those three things when you're building your business, that's that's give you an opportunity to be successful and be around for another another three to five years. Huh. That's amazing. That's some good
3: that's- three gems
2: all the way around the board with the gems and information from business credibility, your structure, how to fund your own self and enter into government contracting. Um, I'm just so, um, I just been writing about a ton of notes just from autonomous systems and really understanding. What is the future 20 years from now, autonomous systems? How amplified does that look t-
0: towards you? So I see right now, there are also prototypes right now with flying cars, right? There are five, companies mm-hmm. out of the UK and Europe who have created cars that can fly in the sky. What I see is that you get out of your car in 20 years, you have an option. You can get in a car and fly to the moon, to a base, or maybe a space station, or you can get in your vehicle and you can fly down the water and do a trip, an underwater sea trip, in like Carnival. Because guess what? Transportation is unlimited, oh. And the next generation of vehicles have to incorporate more than just on the surface of the planet because everything is global everything is universal mm. and the technology takes you there as fast you you only go so fast on land and when you take off you're going faster it takes that kind of speed and momentum to get up in space so that's why i see the technology going autonomy is going to be like you take a shuttle up into space and you do a moon you get a space station you're just doing a tour around the planet spend a couple mm-hmm. of days in space maybe a couple of days in the ocean two days in you know in Cancun and you got a, a, a whole great vacation trip but that's where it's going and eventually once we get to a point where we have gotten our technology we uh, where it's safe and adequately enough to, and funded enough not so expensive to run we might be on Mars and other places too but that's i say that's another 80 to 100 years away for me
2: wow that's that's interesting. I'm I'm just curious to just see how everything else folds as as technology is rapidly moving, um, moving forward with with new new systems and, and, and technologies that's happening. I'm just I'm just excited to see how this world would be in the next 10 to 20 years. <laughs> and I definitely see yeah. autonomous systems playing a big part.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you see it now, you see it in the road. I mean, twenty years ago we said they'd be flying cars now. They're not, but they are. But well, they're not—they're not everywhere, mm-hmm. but they are there. So things are progressing slowly because you got to look at the, the the cost factor, right? You got Lucid Air—they got their cars coming out, eighty thousand dollars for their car. Mm. So those cars would be twenty thousand in twenty years because guess what? It'd be cheaper to make those type of cars. They'd be mining asteroids mm-hmm. outside of the outside of the Earth, getting those precious metals to build those electronics in those cars. They won't be going over to places where they gotta mine the metals and fight wars and stuff like that to get them. Space mining was what's coming up. I asked this question two weeks ago in a conference. Space mining is there. 10 years from now, I would see some companies space mining. And then you would see where the technology would take a jump up Because once you get those precious metals to make those those display strings, those wire chips, all that stuff that goes into making these atomic systems more vibrant, faster, uh, more resilient, and then you'll see the technology jump off. Mm.
1: I have two questions from YouTube and then we're gonna wrap it up. Um, but the questions from YouTube, are there any renewable energy opportunities in this space that you've seen, David?
0: Yes, um, there's a lot of renewable energy. I think the thing is we gotta figure out ways to change. And I say chemical engineering and um, electrical engineering and ways like that. We do a lot of reflective technology with the sun, right? We never, we never looked at using, and taking some of the materials and byproducts we have on the planet and taking them in, and changing their composition to, to something we can use for vehicles or to use for something to protect or hover more sustainable environments. Um, right now, we have a lot of plastic materials sitting out there outside of California, sitting in this reef, has been out there for many years. And every day I get up in the morning, I see we use 90% of what I have in contact with my body is plastic. We got to look at opportunities like that to take plastic out of the ecosystem, because it's killing us. Yeah, there are found studies right now where plastic is, most people born now have like 2% level of plastic in their blood, blood, blood uh, level already because we use plastic so much it's in our DNA. Mm-hmm. So there, there are ways we can sustainably reduce the throughput of using toxic chemicals and stuff like that. There's a lot of different uh, food composition and stuff like that as naturally given grown. All you need is water, some basic soil samples, And uh, 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 a um, sustainable roof type of setup where you can grow your fruits and vegetables on your roof in a a hydroponics type of situation. There's so many different options out there we can use, but we got to look at the research, too. And I think that gets me is someone sends a a message on YouTube. They got ideas in their head. They want to they want to they want to show the people. That's why I said it's important. Everybody matters in this space because, you know, exactly what you think we might need. The world may need to see it as well. That's why we get these companies started. People start using ideas and create opportunities.
1: That's a good point. It, um, I, the other question was around Afro, attending Afrotech. David, have you ever been to Afrotech conference and do you recommend going?
0: I've heard about it. I think it's a good good technology. I think it, as, it, as it resonates more in the African-American community, uh, I plan on t- uh, attending it soon. Um, I think we need to bring more of the autonomous side into it, more of an innovative technology side into it as well.
1: That's a good point. I, um, I, I, I We have one more question. And the last one was focusing around plans. Uh, do you have any plans to get into any after school programs to teach technology to the children? So um, I'll let you I'll let you hop on that. David, do you have any plans to do that with Hub Ventures as of right now?
0: Well, right now, I, I've, I've done for 25, 22 or 25 years, I've taught kids about technology, but I think through this company we're doing in Florida, we're going to probably engage uh, people of color more in, in the space of schools and stuff like that. But uh, my past experiences is with uh, First Robotics. I was a judge advisor with First Robotics. I worked with community teams. I actually used to sponsor at least three teams, uh, a team at a high school in Maryland, and then two teams around, uh, um, around the north of uh, DC area and one in the south, four teams, one in the south of DC, all, um, when I was working in that space for many years for robotics. So I do talk to kids in schools. I, I am on a board, I'm on a board here in Maryland uh, for a school, a charter school. I've been on the board for four years and it's uh, teaching kids from K through eight. So I am their uh, operations um, a board member. I supplied the school with uh, you know, computers and stuff like that and uh, opportunities to teach the kids about science and technology. And there's more that we can do because the pandemic has pretty much shortened that. There's more that we can do in that space. So I'm I trying to work you. and use some of the stuff I'm doing now to hopefully branch out that to other communities. And to, just to add more to the flavor, autonomy. Recently had meetings with Charger Help and other entities within the Maryland area and DC area to bring charging stations to this area. Uh, we had meetings with um, local uh, local people to look at developing charging stations and infrastructure for workplace development and bringing people from high school and, and junior high school to get involved and learning more about EV and, and, and autonomous driving and stuff like that we talked about today. And then when they graduate, they can go into a workforce development plan and then work, instead of going to college, if they go to college to get a certification with these schools, but the college is working with the workforce development centers and the counties to get them into places making 25, 35 miles an hour, repairing EV stations.
3: Mm.
1: That's a good, uh, this is, I guess I'm going to leave it right here. I promise because we got to go. We are already over time, but um, you're, you're a Florida partner. And now we actually did uh, like a, a class Code to Eat, a program with the Urban League down here. So now that you are on board, we can definitely work to expand Code to Eat. So I'm excited about this and we will be having a conversation, David.
0: <laughs> and I appreciate it. I, and I do, I want to apologize to everybody out there live. Please excuse me for my, video audio problems today. I would love to come back and have more detailed discussions about what we do. And in my office, I have a Zoom call where I can put everything up on a screen and we can Zoom to that and give you guys some actual examples of some of the stuff we're talking about in the future. So I do appreciate the opportunity to speak today. Thank all three of you, beautiful brown people, for being on on display and and showing me and and asking me questions. And all the people out there in YouTube land, please, if you have an idea, if you have a thought about science and technology or a business plan, don't let anybody tell you can't do it. Seek out opportunities and try to build something because everybody, every small business started out the same way. So thank you so much. David, thank
3: you. Oh, thank
2: you. Thank you.
3: Sorry. Go
1: ahead, I was just, just going to add, can you share how people can connect with you before Crisly closes out? Sorry. I'll
0: please. If you want to connect with me, please. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, I think if you want to type in the bar, it's at David Beck MBA. If you're looking for my Pacific page, please follow Hub Ventures on LinkedIn. Uh, Follow Thomas Director Ventures on LinkedIn or Cole Chamberlain Holdings on LinkedIn. And uh, if you want to send an email, my email is david at auto, A-U-T-O-N-D-I-R dot A-I. Again, david at A-U-T-O-N-D-I-R dot A-I. And please visit Hub Ventures tech uh, and coldchamberlain.com and submit any ideas you have i definitely if we do decide to work together i'm all about business so i signed nda with you and definitely not here to take your money or your business thank you
3: i love it i love it love well it. thank you and shakia did you get all the contact information um i know she's gonna put it in the uh chat box on YouTube. Everyone, thank you for joining us here, season two, episode three. Thank you to Mr. David Beck, the founder of Hub Venture Partners, and for just giving us a clear cut definition of what autonomous systems look like, what autonomous unmanned systems look like. Um, I'm Chris Lee, one of your co hosts, founder of The Black Bunker and Chris e. G. Consulting. Hamza.
2: And I am Hamza Sabri, founder and CEO of Global Connects and co-host of government coins
1: and i'm shakia kegler founder and ceo of Govlier, and your co-host of government coins do not forget to like comment and subscribe y'all okay y'all right. have right. hey, bye.
3: Bye. thank you right bye Thanks. david bye thank you